Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're back for another episode, and this is a special guest. He's, he's a special one. First Irish guest on my podcast, which is crazy given that I started my podcast journey four years ago in Ireland and still doing it in Ireland. And this is the first person that's Irish on my show. And he has such an amazing story. Started off in Ireland, born and raised. Then he moved to Florida. Then he moved to Italy, Ireland, New Jersey, and then went back for, to Ireland for a little bit. Did I get that right? Mm, I don't know. But he will explain everything to the T. Without further ado, hi, David. How are you? I'm good. Great to actually finally talk to you. Likewise, I'm so happy that you were able to join me on the podcast. And I just gave a tiny synopsis of the places that you've lived in. But tell us a little bit more about yourself. Give us a little deep dive on what it was like to move from place to place. Born and raised in Dublin. Well, I mm-hmm. guess actually if we're going to have Irish people listening to this, I better not. Mm-hmm. You know, that I was born in Dublin, spent yeah. four or five years there, and then moved out to Dunboyne, which is actually in County Mead. So uh, again, just just over the border there. So we moved out there. When was the I was four years of age at that stage, so back in 19-something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was there till, in Ireland in Dunboyne until I was 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. After that, um, I always play, I played basketball since I was like four or seven, like young as age. Nice. Um, so I was kind of pursuing that then after high school. So I went to the University of Tampa for one year. Okay. Uh, went over there because my coach in Ireland knew the assistant coach over there. So I had an opportunity to kind of go over there and showcase myself and yeah, see if I could fit in. But when I went over there, it was my first real, uh, I don't know, it, it was not a cultural shock because it was just basketball yeah. based. Mm-hmm. But like just the skill, the skill level. Uh, I mean, up at that point, I'd played on Irish teams. I'd captained an Irish team. So yeah, I was I was decent in Ireland. And then once I got over to America, it just really you were like, them. yeah, there's a lot of people. Up. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's that. It, it opened my like I knew they were. I knew it was higher, but to actually be there when I was uh, so eighteen with other eighteen to twenty year olds who were doing the things they're doing athletically mm-hmm. and stuff like that was a. Uh, just yeah. eye-opening so I kind of crapped my pants on that one didn't do much basketball wise <laughs> there but halfway through the year then I learned that I could go to Italy for a year mm-hmm. um, and just play basketball so I actually went over to uh, Italian prep academy yeah and um, ran by Daniele and one of the greatest one of the best coaches I've had mm-hmm. so I played basketball there for uh, just under a year it was like it was academy so we actually had guys from Sweden Scotland yeah so we had a team of about 15 of us and we were all none of us were italian yeah none yeah. of us were italian so that was great there was like mm-hmm. two or three americans scots english uh one other irish boy was over there with me too so yeah that mm-hmm. was very good uh that was the greatest thing that ever happened to my basketball yeah uh, my game improved so much it was it was incredible and then after that i went back over to the states and played in ocean county college for a year in new jersey and i actually oh. got to yeah, I got to go there because my cousin, who's four or five years older than me, actually went mm-hmm. over, did the whole thing before me, and his co-coach Tim was at this mm-hmm. college where he went to. So kind of, okay. one thing I learned about my life is, yeah, is very, I very much believe in who you know will get you places, but what oh, you know definitely. will keep you there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, again, got in because I knew someone there, and then as mm-hmm. I was playing there for one year, it was a two-year school, so I had to find a, three, a four-year school. Mm-hmm. So after my first year, the assistant coach at Penn State York played with my cousin at, at this college. Crazy. So he came out and watched. He loved my, the way my uh, cousin played. So when he came out and watched me play, he loved it. 
and yeah. asked me if I'd have any interest in coming out. So I said, God, yeah, four-year school, Penn, St- Penn State degree and some good basketball. Mm-hmm. So then the plan was always to finish out, finish out school, get my business degree, and then go pursue basketball in Europe after that. I had, I had two, two teams interested in me after Italy. Mm-hmm. And it was like $200 a week type stuff. So it was like nothing crazy, but it's a foot in the door to play professional basketball like I've always wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, we graduated in 2020, though, when the whole world shut down. So there was no pursuing basketball. There was no traveling. There was uh, none of that. So yeah. fell back then on the business degree. So speaking to um, Ali Kara, who mm-hmm. might be a name that you know just from talking to Jordan. He was a, yeah. my business administrator went in with a business idea that we had in the making and i say we i'm gonna keep saying we me and Brittany. yeah we started a business together then during mm-hmm. covid as a private hire by, by rental company so we were halfway doing our business plan and i just brought it to him and i was like hey like look with covid like everything shut mm-hmm. down and um, could i possibly use this as my internship and given all the leeway that was being given he had no problem yeah. with that loved it so basically That's for the so last cool. my last semester of college you got to just work on on the business that i planned to open so Mm-hmm. that brings us brings us to That's now so good you know like usually i have to ask a lot of questions to like get a story out of someone oh, and God, for you no. it just it just flows like you know your story and it's it's so common with third cultured kids because we have to say our story so many times to everyone yeah. that we meet for the first time they're like yeah. why why pennsylvania you know what brought you here why did you go to miami you're irish why did you leave ireland you know and i'm here to ask you all those questions basically so let's go back what was your first memory leaving dublin <clears throat> what was that feeling like the heartbreaking look on my ma's face at the airport. Aww. One thing that's always really stuck to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not one for emotional expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been said to me before through numerous people through my life. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I, I'm her only son and her first kid. So I think me leaving the nest was just very, very emotional for her. And yeah. so that's one thing I do remember. But like I've been going to America with her since I was, I was two years of age. And wow. I'm heavy in basketball because she's heavy in basketball. Mm-hmm. So since she was like 16, like there's been, um, we're still in touch with a coach who brought a team over to Ireland when she was 16. And oh. they're still like, our, they, my cousin I was telling you about, mm-hmm. he actually officiated his wedding. So that's how close we became with this coach. Okay. So he became their spot. He was in New Jersey too, uh, Northern Jersey, I believe. And so mm-hmm. it was like a, almost every two or three years type of thing. We'd go visit them or and mm-hmm. like that and then as I came into my teens 13 to kind of 16 17 I'd come over and do basketball camps and stuff yeah. so Ireland also is probably the closest country as far as land wise to America it's very Americanized so TV yeah. is all Americanized music is all Americanized very true but not a huge cultural shock in that in that sense mm-hmm. and the humidity was honestly one of the biggest things uh, we don't have humidity in Ireland at the so moment that, that we it. do Oh yeah, and it is. It, we're sweating. I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating, and it's. I mean, it's. It's great because everybody's outside. You know how it is. Like everyone's outside. You don't have AC because it doesn't get that hot. There's no at all. That's what makes it worse. And I, because yeah. I have to record this, I have to close all my windows. So I'm like stuck oh, in God. a heat trap <laughs> yeah. at the moment. But um, 
when you talked about your, you know, leaving your mom and everything, I know Irish people are so family oriented. I know yeah. that it was so probably so hard for her to like let go. But like you said, everything is Americanized here. Like you talk to yeah. everyone here and they're like, I want to go to New York. I want to go to Washington, D.C., like which was a shock to me. Do you see that you're saying like going to America, New York and all? Do you see that kind of changing with age? Even if I went home now. Mm-hmm. Like the majority of my friends are in Australia or across Asia. <gasps> it's a big topic. So everyone has a desire to go to the U.S. only for vacation, not to live there. They yeah. want to live either in London or Australia. Like yeah. those are the two or Canada. Those are like the three places where like people migrate to. Um, yeah. Australia is huge at the moment. Massive. 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 I don't know what it is. They're like. I mean, Australians are like, like Irish people on steroids, just drinking and having the crack. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> love it. True, very true. Mm-hmm. When you went to Florida, what was it like, your surrounding? I mean, I guess there's a mixture of, because it's my first time living out of my home as well. Mm-hmm. So first, I have that newfound freedom. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's I'm on my own, have to find new people. But yeah. in case you haven't noticed, I'm very easily chattable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'll talk yeah. for a while, even if it doesn't talk back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, again, because I'd come over and done like the stay over camps and mm-hmm. everything like that. Like it wasn't too, it wasn't really too new to me. Uh, again, yeah. being in Florida, the heat got me walking around in December. <laughs> around in december in a, in a t-shirt and, and shorts so i think again just the weather was the biggest thing i think it was incredible something yeah. so small like i'd be walking to class so we actually i mean we were blessed yeah and um, so when we were actually going into my freshman year the freshman dorms were being uh, renovated mm-hmm. so two or three blocks down from the college they actually the college rented out a howard johnson hotel for the year for the freshman oh, dorms wow yeah uh, it was two to a dorm and two two queen beds, king beds, whatever size they are, you know, double beds mm-hmm. in there. Hotel room was great. And then I thought it was hilarious. Uh, very focused on on sports and all that. So I wasn't involved in any extra, too much extracurricular activities. But my new roommate on like the first day pulls out this big mason jar full of yeah. and like, right, this yeah. boy's from Boston. He looks like his eyes be glazed over already. So I looked at him and yeah. was like, nah, I don't care what you do. Do what you want to do. But like, look, yeah. get caught with that. That's all on you. Like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going with that. Cool, cool. Well, like, on the fourth day, I come upstairs. and downstairs with my Jamaican friend and my Kuwaiti friend because, mm-hmm. again, we're the international kids. So we have exactly. all those international groups together. And we're all talking away and we get talking to people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Irish. And they're like, oh, you're not Irish. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Irish. Like, prove it. It's like, okay. So I go up, like, one flight of stairs to my dorm and go get my passport just to show them just for the shits yeah. and gigs of it. I'm walking down the corridor and there's two security guards outside my room. There's one in my room, tossing the place, talking to my boy and like looking around, whatever. So I just kind of didn't even say anything. I knew what was going on. Yeah. So I just walked in, went to my stuff, took out my passport, walked back out and the security guard stops me and goes, hey, we're, um, we're going to search your room here. Do you want to be here for this? I looked at him and went, nope. Nope. <laughs> walked, right, walked my ass right out. I was like, it got yeah. shit to do with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, no, but see, rarely would happen here. Like when yeah, you go yeah. to the U.S., you kind of you're a little bit paranoid about all the it can get a little overwhelming, you know, in, in terms of that, like the culture shock in that sense. Um, even for me, like I was there on holiday recently because Jordan graduated. My man. I hadn't I, I know I hadn't been back in like eight years. 
Yeah, I sort of, uh, I've sort of avoided the United States, honestly, because for me, when I'm there, I'm just a little paranoid. There's mass shootings every day. Yeah, um, you, you never know. I just saw there's another one in Denver. I think 10, nine people were injured or shot. Yeah, no, it just for me, I just didn't feel safe, but I was happy to be back with the family. Did you see just on the little side note? Do you see the nut, the nut one in France there this week? Yeah, the stabbing. Wait, yeah, what? Kids <laughs> or something too? Like that was nutty. Yeah, not really, especially not something you hear in France like that either. No, no, and it's just yeah, things like that just freak me out. So I yeah. just avoid. Well, I think I think about your question. Like one of the biggest actual one of the biggest culture shocks definitely mm-hmm. was was the drinking mm-hmm. because again it's eighteen years of age to drink in Ireland, right? 21 over here so it's literally easier for people to get drugs between the ages of 18 and 20 than it is to get alcohol yeah so yeah. like i turned 18 i think that this is what this is one story i always tell people when they ask kind of about the culture shock is that like i mm-hmm. turned 18 in the september of my high school se- uh, senior year right at the end like it was i think it was every wednesday after school me and six or seven of the lads would go out go down to brady's and mm-hmm. we drink six seven eight points while watching yeah. the football in, in our high school, in our senior high school year, and then at mm-hmm. the end of the year, the seniors these these are the two stories that people in America get absolutely shocked by. Yeah. At the end of our senior year, then the seniors play the teachers in a football match, a soccer match for those mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. clarify. And uh, then at the end of the match, you and the, the students and all the teachers go down to the pub together and have a few drinks. You yeah. Drink, drink with your teachers, and then our prom or what we you know you call the Debs in Ireland, mm-hmm. our prom. We rented out a place. It had three stories. Each story had a dance floor, and each story had a bar where we were drinking and doing shots with our teachers at our like our our devs at our prom. And I think they're the two yeah. things that just blow people's minds over here when I tell them that's that's what ours is like. But and the things that are just accessible in the U.S. and and you're telling me that you have to wait until you're 21 to drink. For me, yeah. it's just crazy. It's it's just crazy. It's the, that's it gets me with like buying beer over here. You go in and you buy two twenty four packs, but you can't buy them at the same time. You literally have to go buy yes. the one, walk it out to your car, go back in, buy yeah. the next one, and walk it back out. Like it makes no sense. Wild. Like you go Wild. off, go off and kill a load of people for your country and come back and you can't even have a drink to settle your nerves. No. Like nope. Uh, nope um so you talked about the u.s talk to me about italy you said that that was one of your best experiences why was it i'd gone from europe i'd gone from ireland to florida mm-hmm. so i'd always done always lived in ireland had been to a lot of america seen a lot of america mm-hmm. never lived in italy i don't think i've ever been to italy before mm-hmm. so i lived in a little town called Ascoli Piceno, and it's mm-hmm. literally it's on the east coast directly across from rome mm-hmm. on the map to get from where I was staying to like home, it took me one flight and like two trains and a bus. Mm-hmm. But when you took those trains, if you would took it during the winter, it looked like something out of Harry Potter, like the snow peak, yeah. the snow, the snow capped mountains, like going mm-hmm. and you're traveling in one for like half an hour. You enter one, you come up to this mountain range and like it looks cool, whatever. And you go into this tunnel, and then like half an hour later, you come out of it and you're in the middle of the mountain range, and it's all you can see. Like it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you get the train gets beyond that, it's all the vineyards going down the side, down, going down the east coast, just down by San Benedetto, down by the beach and stuff. It's just and then just to have the view that I had. I, I stayed in an apartment with what is it? It was probably a t- two bedroom, three bedroom apartment, maybe with ten of us staying in it. Now the rooms were big, like the rooms were big enough, and we were all 
I mean, on the same team, so it was grand. But it's mm-hmm. not like we had an immaculate place, but like just the view from this average apartment that we had of the mountain ranges in the back and then the city below it was just, just incredible. Yeah. And then yeah. it was the mixture of all the cultures of living with the boys from mm-hmm. England, Scotland, uh, even like our assistant coach, Rado, he was uh, Latvian, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it was just great to see that and to learn. So the guys who were from England, they taught me a lot about English black culture mm-hmm. where they don't even see themselves as English. They actually consider themselves whatever their parents are. Yes. Which was, I found very interesting because they were born and raised in England because mm-hmm. their parents weren't, they're were like, no, we're Jamaican. Uh, like we don't associate with England and all this. I, yeah. That thing was just eye-opening. Like I live across the, basically across the river from them and I never mm-hmm. would have thought that, that that was their kind of culture there. Mm-hmm. And I'd been to London like a few times before. One of my mates who was actually on the Irish teams with me his dad was English, his mother was Irish, so he was he was mm-hmm. actually living in England but played on the Irish team. I'd gone over with him before. Yeah. So I'd been over to England a few times, London specifically, like two or three times. And it just it was just something that was so close to home was even more eye-opening then to me, I think. Yeah. And I think when you're just around um international people, you just like you have all these cultures around you, you learn so much, you know, like yeah. you expand your knowledge and everything. Like, for example, that story is it's funny to me because that's how my brothers and I grew up. Yeah. We ne- were, we're from Cameroon, but we never lived there. We weren't born there. We lived in, we were born in the U.S., grew up there. Then we went to the UAE, Dubai, um, and then we went to Senegal. So a mix of all these cultures, but yeah. we would always say, you know, I'm Cameroonian because yeah. our parents are Cameroonian, right? Um, so I think that's a similar culture. Which is funny how like every third culture kid identifies differently, right? Some people can't even pinpoint where they're from because like me, I was not born there. I never lived there, right? So all I know is all these other cultures. Of course, my parents have the culture and like we know it, but we didn't live through it, right? So that's, that's, that's really interesting. And I love that you had that experience in Italy where you're in your own little world with, you know, these different people. And you're not in the best department, but like just the view and everything, the experience is is yeah. amazing. I mean, you know? we were training like eight, nine hours a day, but like we're doing like a session in the morning, we'd mm-hmm. rest and do a gym session in the evening and then a late night session. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was five days a week, maybe six, depending on how many games you have. We had two or three games a week then as well. So yeah. it was great. That, that whole experience was incredible. That's cool. I think commenting on that actually too, if I go back mm-hmm. to when I was in Tampa, one of the, an mm-hmm. eye-opening thing to me, and um, kind of culture-wise as well, was I was walking. Like I said, our dorm was like two or three blocks from the college. Mm-hmm. One of the days I was walking with my Egyptian friend, mm-hmm. Omar. Omar Batawi actually he's doing music now, very well, <laughs> doing very well for himself. Now I just think about it. I always loved his yeah. music. But he, we were walking to school one day, and we were crossing over this bridge. And you ever, you ever watch The Simpsons? Yeah. So, you know, the opening, The Simpsons, it's the sky with those big puffy mm-hmm. clouds. And so, I mean, you look out any day in Ireland and like, that's what you're yeah. seeing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're crossing this bridge and it's like a cloudy day. And I'm like, ah, Jesus. I think, thinking to myself, I'm like, wish a few of these clouds would fuck off. Let that sun come <laughs> out, you know? And Omar yeah. stops, Omar stops halfway across the bridge and looks up and he takes his phone out and he starts taking pictures of the sky. Yeah. And I'm looking up in the sky because I'm looking like again, this is the first time too I've seen things like alligators <laughs> and stuff in the river. This river's beside our, our, the yeah. Howard Johnson. I've seen alligators and lizards yeah. and stuff for my very first time. So I'm looking up in the sky with like a pterodactyl or something, like something that yeah. he's never seen before. Mm-hmm. He's taking pictures. I'm looking, I'm going, what are you doing? 
He goes, look at that sky. I went, yeah, it's fucking rotten. There's clouds everywhere. Yeah. He goes, no, we don't have clouds like this in Egypt. I was like, what do you mean you don't have clouds like this in Egypt? He said, it's so polluted that it's just yeah. like a gray sky. There's no clouds. And I just couldn't comprehend that. I was like, yeah. what do you mean there's no clouds? Like, mm-hmm. Where's your yeah. rain come from? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like you're seeing people's experience through their lens. And like you obviously haven't experienced it. So like, you know, every time someone says a comment or like their story, like it's it's shocking you know, because we don't see the same thing. I've lived in Ireland for five years now. All I see is clouds. Yeah, (laughs) Like all I see is clouds. We've had sun for the last three weeks and I'm like, where are the clouds? You know, I'm tired of the sun. I'm okay. I'm all right. (laughs) You're really getting accumulated to it. No, literally. Oh, I'm, I'm in it, you know? Yeah. No, but that's, that's interesting. So how did you view Ireland when you lived here versus how you view Ireland now away from Ireland. So even before leaving Ireland, so one thing that was kind of confirmed for me that I'd never really believed, Mm -hmm. just knowing the people that I know, is that Irish people are some of the friendliest in the world. Mm -hmm. So like living in Ireland up until 18 years of age, that was my default. Like that's what I saw was just Irish people. And like Irish people are also kind of harsh to each other. Like Mm -hmm. we we greet each other more with an insult than we do a compliment. Yeah. But when I got out of it, like walking down the street in Italy and in New Jersey, mm-hmm. kind of experienced it most. Italy, every day we walking past people. I will say this. It is such a rural area that if you were older than 30 years of age at the time, mm-hmm. so this would have been a lot, five or six years ago. If you had been older than 30, you probably weren't speaking English. Right. So yeah. we took, we actually took Italian lessons with our coach as well. Oh, nice. So we'd be walking down the street and we'd, be saying ciao and good morning mm-hmm. and good evening to stuff to people on our way to practice and they don't just yeah. look at us and tilt away and then living in new jersey living in new jersey i'd walk past i got the 6 a.m bus every morning and i'd walk mm-hmm. past my neighbor at five five fifty. Mm-hmm. every morning he was out there how you doing lad not a word i come back in the <laughs> evening at about 8 p.m how you doing man having a good day not a word no. I said yeah. it to him every day and not once did he reply. Yeah, because he's so compare, used to it. I, yeah, like I, I try to compare it to like in Ireland, you walk past a stranger and you say, oh, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You get to, oh, I'm good, how about you? And as you continue yeah. to walk past, you put, you'll have a mini conversation and then just you both agreed upon that it's no longer a conversation. And you just continue. Exactly. And That's it was just, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me is just one thing that was kind of confirmed that I didn't really agree with. I mm-hmm. thought like, oh, Irish people are so friendly. I thought that just came because of the whole like leprechauns and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But it's like, no, yeah. we are we are very friendly to strangers. And then I always hear that when I have people over here. So I, like, I, I have, my company's a bartending company. So like I bartend mm-hmm. events and stuff like that. Nice. And I always hear about people who go on their trips and go over there. Like they couldn't believe how friendly and how welcoming the locals were. Like they walk into any little pub and yeah i mean you know yourself you can walk into any irish pub in ireland and you can pick Mm -hmm. out the americans like it's easy easily done i couldn't before i have friends that are like yeah you can pick out all the americans i'm like but how you guys (laughs) can you guys really can well i mean yeah i mean if you bring an irish person over here and plop them in the middle of somewhere you'll you'll do Mm -hmm. the same thing too like yeah that to me was just definitely something the the friendliness of of how friendly the irish people actually truly are when i came here I had an idea in my head. I don't know why. I was like, you know what? I want to go to Europe for college. I was living in Senegal at the time. My brothers are like, yeah, I'm going back to the U.S. I don't know what you're going to do in Ireland, but 
cool. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's let's go to Ireland. My mom was like, okay, let's go on spring break. I went. The one thing that I loved about this place was the people. And that's what drew me here. I knew nothing about Ireland, no history, yeah. no nothing. I knew some of the schools were great. I was like, whatever, I'm going to move here because the people are so lovely. And I think wherever you feel comfortable and welcomed, that's where you're going to feel the best. Yeah, you know? oh, absolutely. You'll strive your best too. Like you said, you said for yourself, like you've been over mm-hmm. here, like paranoid and all that. Like I do, I, every time I go into a large, any sort of large gathering, I'm yeah. back against the wall in the corner. Like, <laughs> you know, even the restaurant, even like yeah. me and Brittany go to a restaurant, she knows. She knows what size of the table that she should sit on because she knows I want to be able to see certain things. Like I want to be able to see the door that enters into the restaurant and stuff like that, just because of the pure yeah. paranoia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I brought it up because, like, that's just genuinely how I feel, and I didn't know that you felt the same way. So oh, yeah. I'm not the I'm not the only one because sometimes I feel like I'm cra- I'm crazy or something. But when I went there, I just felt so like, no, I, I just I couldn't, honestly. Um, if you were to pick one place to live to raise your kids, where would they be? Ireland. Wondrous yeah. hands down. Like, I love and I've always said it, too. Like, even coming over to America, I've always said, like, I will happily, happily and like to live in America myself mm-hmm. or like as a couple. But mm-hmm. as far as raising kids, like Ireland would be my Number absolute one. choice. I don't have to, like, as a legitimate concern, I mm-hmm. don't have to worry about my kids getting shot while in school. Like, that's yeah. one of the biggest things. It's mm-hmm. it's nutty. Yeah, great answer. Hmm, let's see which question I want to ask. I'm going to have to say yes, because, like, again, I said, I'm not the best for keeping in touch. Yeah. And that's why I think my, me and my group of friends do great together as friends, because we mm-hmm. none of us need that. Yeah. Um, but I do believe I have found friends along, like, Jordan, Jordan yeah. would now be one that I would consider. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how long at this stage we talk, don't talk, yeah. whatever. But mm-hmm. I could see him tomorrow, and it'd be like, we haven't seen it's each other in maybe a day. Yeah. Um, I definitely have. I definitely have at least five or six of them, um, mm-hmm. friends that I made whilst in Pennsylvania, uh, yeah. whilst here in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, that's because I was at a longer stint, though. So I was here for four years of college, where I got to be yeah. with two for them for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Whereas in New as in Tampa, Tampa, I knew probably wasn't going to be my, like, I was probably, was, probably wasn't going to do much in Tampa. Yeah. Italy, I knew I wasn't going to do much, but I definitely have one or two on, uh, from Italy that I could hit up today and be like, hey, I'm in England, I'm in London, uh, come meet me for come. a drink. And yeah. me, me and him were like, take us to use when we got over there. Yeah. Uh, my man Vince. And then when I went to New Jersey, I actually refrained from making friends. I like oh. isolated myself because That's when I, so, so when I was in Florida, mm-hmm. I, um, so when I was halfway through my year in Florida, I learned that I could go to Italy and play basketball for the year. Yeah. So I kind of lost a little bit of interest in school and I, I, I finished my first, I finished my first year with a 0.35 GPA. Not, not purposefully, but I just yeah. tried, again, like it, it was it was a combination of the newfound freedom, eighteen years of age, not fully responsible, yeah. learned of a new opportunity to go to Italy after like f- after flopping my chance mm-hmm. at Tampa. So I was like, I'm gonna go to Italy. I was like, if I'm ever gonna come back to America, go to college, like I'm gonna, I'll just, I'll start college again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'll be all handy dandy. So I basically just enjoyed myself from that point yeah. forward. forward. Yeah. So when I got Fair to New enough. Jersey, so when I got to New Jersey, I was going to start my college year, college stuff again. And they were mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you've already done this. So we're going to have to carry over that GPA. Or like, this is going to affect you or something. I was like, oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah. But so that one year, I knew I was going to be there for a max of two years because it's a community mm -hmm. college. It's only two years school. So I said, look, I'm just going to fucking put my head down and do proper this time. Mm -hmm. So I did that, worked out, played basketball, and uh, studied. So then I mm -hmm. finished that year with a 3.7 GPA. Oh, good. So it kind of shows how much fun I chose to have in Florida rather than <laughs> the work. Ex to put exactly. In. Yeah. No, so for the sure. Only friend that, the only friend I actually had over there was I actually at the time lived with, lived on my own for about two or three months. And then I lived with my cousin and his mm -hmm. fiance at the time. So that was really cool, actually getting a chance to live with him because I'd never had anything like that before. So that was cool. Definitely a fun experience living with him. Oh, that's cool. Um, I wanted to ask a question about your basketball. So my little brother, Daryl, he's he's playing soccer, right? And yeah, like, he's I call him your younger brother. But yeah, yeah, my younger <laughs> brother. <laughs> so he's done England, Dakar, France, all of that, you know, like played soccer, mm -hmm. kind of like the same parkour as you. And now he's going D1, right? Um, yes. how did you keep your dream alive? Like, I'm pretty sure as a young boy, you were like, I want to go to the U.S. I'm going to play in the U.S. <coughs> like, you know, how did you keep that, hold on to that dream? And actually, I, obviously 2020 happened. So there was a downside. How, how was I, that? I genuinely enjoyed it. It's something I just very much enjoyed doing. There's nothing more than I wanted to do and play basketball. Mm -hmm. And then kind of as coming into teens, it was like, all right, so I can play basketball and get paid. Yeah. And I think it comes down, it's a combination of my want for basketball and my hate for working for others. Yes. Hence the reason I have, my, like, I don't even work, I currently have my own business now instead of basketball. Yeah. So I, I still mm -hmm. refrain from trying to work for, for others as much as possible. Mm -hmm. and I think, I, yeah, it was just, it was just an, an interior love for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I absolutely get it. Like Daryl, he eats, sleeps, drinks soccer. Like, you know, yeah. I, and I think when you see that at a young age, you can only support it. I think a lot of uh, African, I'll speak for Africans because I am African. I think a lot of African parents, when their kids do go abroad, they want them to do law, doctor, engineer or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, I'm speaking to the audience. Like, I feel like you guys should be way more supportive when somebody wants to take it to the arts or sports or yeah. whatever because in america they actually embrace it you know you can get a full oh, ride yeah. scholarship and that's what i love about the u.s you can get a full ride scholarship just on sports and you're treated like royalty but should there have to be a full ride scholarship for sports and extracurriculars like why is that such a thing why is it so expensive to go to college in the first place that's another conversation. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. We could be here for hours. Honestly, oh, you're I, right. Yeah. No, no, no. But you, no, but you're absolutely right. Like, why is a kid paying $60,000 to go to school per year? You know, yeah. ridiculous. But I also think it's because they try to keep them in the system. You're taking oh, out loans. I, I, and I, it, gonna, I didn't want to bring your, your podcast into that. I, I was going to purposely <laughs> use that word. But if you're the one going to bring it up. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's really started the the price of college started to get hiked up when they started to give out student loans. Yeah, 
Oh, so when sure. they started to get out student loans, it's like, oh, well, we can drive up the price because the government's going to just give them the money. Mm-hmm. And the government has no problem doing that because then they're on the hook for it. Because even if you were to go through your life and then claim bankruptcy, mm-hmm. your student loans still don't disappear. They have to be like the most one of the most crippling things in the U.S. It, and I'm so happy that I came to Ireland because yeah. I finished my college and I don't have any debts. <laughs> just- yeah. They wanted to put college from like 2,000 a year to like 3,000 a year. A year, mm-hmm. not a semester. Now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uproar. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and yeah. and it just goes to show, like it just shouldn't be that much, honestly. Absolutely not. It's all comes um, down to the they all, they try to do so much extra here with the buildings and of course like, gentr- gentrifying every single area and you know, and then like, because they they don't pay college athletes the D1s they don't pay them at least they're starting to talk about it but mm-hmm. historically they don't pay them and they generate so much revenue from merchandise tickets to games and yeah all that like it's nuts yeah oh my god I don't know where the time went but thank you so much David like you <laughs> are you. such a pleasure you're such a pleasure to talk to and I think that there's so many stories that you were able to talk about today that I have never heard on the podcast to be very honest I'll definitely have you back for another one absolutely thank you for having me and I look forward to our next one